I'm Andrew Schwartz, and you're listening to The Truth of the Matter, a podcast by CSIS where we break down the top policy issues of the day and talk with the people that can help us best understand what's really going on. To get to the truth of the matter about one of the most innovative approaches to delivering aid to the Ukrainian military and civilian leadership, I have with us a great friend of mine and a great friend of CSIS's, Jim Hake, who is the founder and CEO of an amazing nonprofit called Spirit of America. Jim, Spirit of America, for people who don't know, I'm going to ask you to explain what it is in a second, but it is a terrific organization that former National Security Advisor H.R. McMaster General Mattis and former Undersecretary of Defense Michelle Flournoy are all very supportive of. They're on your advisory board. Jim, tell me and our audience a little bit about what Spirit of America does and what it is. Well, Andrew, thanks for having me. And right now, uh, one of the main things we are focused on, of course, is the war in Ukraine. And in that context, Spirit of America is the way that Americans can save lives and help Ukrainians win the fight that they're in. And we're providing all forms of non-lethal assistance to Ukrainian armed forces and the civilian volunteers, people like you and me, Andrew, who are are taking up arms to defend their country and defend their freedom and protect their innocence. Non-lethal assistance like body armor and helmets and first aid kits, food, communications gear, just about everything you can imagine to help Ukraine win. Jim, you founded Spirit of America after 9-11. Can you tell me what the genesis of that was? Well, after the attacks of 9-11, I wanted to do something to help. I was an entrepreneur and business person at the time uh, with no government or military experience at all. But I've always felt strongly about the ideas and ideals for which America stands. I think they're the best ideas the world has going for it. The assertion that everyone is entitled to the rights of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness is one of the best organizing ideas in the history of the world, maybe the best. So I wanted to do something to stand up for what America stands for after the attacks of 9-11. I thought that bringing citizens into the effort would do a lot of things to communicate who we are and what we stand for that government just isn't very good at. So I wanted to give other citizens just like me the chance to do that, to better communicate, better, better serve those ideals uh, around the world. And so what we do, what we've done in those 20 years is uh, we have established a new model of private-public collaboration. We have our field personnel work on the ground alongside U.S. troops and diplomats all over the world. We provided assistance in more than 90 countries. And what we do is use private assistance. We're entirely privately funded. We don't receive and wouldn't accept government funding. So private assistance to serve the missions of U.S. troops and diplomats by helping local people and local partners around the world. And right now in Ukraine, that is about helping local partner forces with the kinds of non-lethal assistance that will help them stay alive and and defend their country. All right, so we're going to get to Ukraine really quickly. But before we do, Jim, you're talking about raising money from private U.S. citizens, private corporations, foundations, to help the United States win in its mission. So you work closely with the State Department, you work closely with DOD. In fact, if I'm not mistaken, Spirit of America is the only organization of its kind that's been approved by DOD to work with our forces hand in hand. Is that right? Yes, we we have uh, an agreement with the Department of Defense that provides the worldwide legal and operational framework for our collaboration with the U.S. military. 
and we collaborate with the military from sergeants at the lowest level of the national security apparatus up to four-star generals and everywhere in between. And we collaborate equally well with, with the State Department. Really, anyone who is serving our nation abroad, who is trying to solve a tough problem in some tough place, whether that's West Africa or the Philippines or Southeast Asia, uh, anywhere, Spirit of America is about the best friend they could possibly have. And we're, we're, we're the best friend because our only interest, our only agenda is helping them solve that problem and helping them serve the nation even more effectively. So give me an example of what you're doing right now in Ukraine. You've been on the ground there in Ukraine, in Poland. Tell me what you've seen and what Spirit of America has been able to accomplish. And also, when did you first start working in Ukraine? Well, we have been active in Ukraine since 2014, after the most recent Russian invasion before the war that was launched uh, just at the end of February. So we've been active in Ukraine since 2014. And I'll explain a little bit about what we have done in that uh, period between then and, and, and the war. But when we go into a situation, number one, we're, we're looking at what is the United States trying to accomplish in this particular situation? And then we look at what are the ways that we can add the most unique value? What are the gaps that exist where our unique capability can add the most value? So in looking at Ukraine today, there's tremendous humanitarian suffering in just about anywhere you look, both inside Ukraine, outside Ukraine with the refugees. And the, the priority focus of ours is to support the Ukrainians with non-lethal assistance who are trying to defend the country. In other words, to help Ukraine win. And the idea there is to provide the assistance that can stop the suffering that we all see at its source versus help mop up the consequences of, of the suffering. Now, both are essential. We want to help them. You know, everyone wants to help the, the refugees. What we're trying to do by supporting the Ukrainian armed forces and civilian volunteers is stop the reason there are refugees in the first place, which is to stop the Russian aggression in, in Ukraine. Jim, a lot of people would say you're giving aid to the United States Department of State, the United States Defense Department. Don't they have huge budgets? Why do they need private assistance to help get things done? Well, the aid and assistance that Spirit of America provides always ends up in the hands of local populations and local partners. It does not stay with the State Department. It does not stay with the U.S. military. That's one thing. So in these tremendously dynamic and complex situations, such as the war in Ukraine today, or with respect to counterterrorism and stability operations in West Africa, you have very dynamic, really entrepreneurial situations where speed and flexibility are key attributes that you need to, to be successful from a U.S. standpoint in those situations. And it's just impossible to have the largest institutions in our country who need to operate on a global scale, also be able to have speed and flexibility at the lowest levels. And that does not happen in our own economy. It's why today in the tech sector, why Microsoft is not Google, right? Google was started in 1998 with two engineers and $200,000 checks at a time when Microsoft had all the resources in the world to do what Google does. So what you need in the ecosystem of U.S. national security operations is the kind of private actor which we represent at Spirit of America that provides the flexibility and speed that's just impossible to have in government systems. So that is that, that kind of uh, capability that is flexible is one of the most important 
important qualities that you need to be successful in these dynamic environments. And we help bring that to the table as a privately funded nonprofit organization. It's truly a unique model you've created. Well, it is. And it's based on understanding that the way the United States can best represent its interests, best achieve its goals, and the goals that really are in the best interest of the world is by bringing the best of the private sector, the best of what our citizens can do, alongside and in direct support of what our troops and diplomats and others who are serving abroad are trying to accomplish. We often get you know, asked, well, why can't government do whatever it is, you know, provide uh, livestock health assistance in Niger or you know, provide non-lethal assistance in Ukraine is, is what we're doing now. My answer to that is, you know, and I think it's a, a fair question, uh, and there's always an answer. We never do what government can do. But the real answer is that it's the wrong question. The question we need to answer is, how do we win? How do we and our ideals and our allies in this competition of ideas and competition of values, how do those ideas prevail? And in asking that question, you would say, well, let's get the very best of what America has to offer and bring it to the point of need to serve our interests. And that's exactly what we do. So, Jim, the New York Times did a really terrific feature on you and Spirit of America just a couple of weeks ago and what you're doing in Ukraine. And it reported that at the time you had donated over $7 million in aid to Ukrainians, things like meals ready to eat, medical equipment, Kevlar communications equipment. You just got back from Ukraine. You were there last week. Tell me what you saw on the ground and what the assistance you're providing is actually going towards and, and how it's helping the Ukrainians. Well, one of the most encouraging aspects of what we've all witnessed in Ukraine since the war began is what I think is a reflection of a free society. And it's a great reflection of a free society. And it is Ukrainians across the country started to take action on their own without being told by higher levels what to do, to start to defend their country, protect their innocence, defend their freedom, and more broadly, defend freedom and democracy in the world. So one of the things that makes the biggest impression on, on me with the Ukrainians that I've had the uh, chance to get to know both over the years and just in the last few weeks is the incredible determination that they are going to do everything they can to defend what they have and do what they can to ensure that good prevails over evil. And that is with a young uh, woman uh, that I met named Evelyn, who is doing civil society work in Ukraine now, helping, to, helping with evacuations of people from the hotspots, Mariupol, for example. What she explained was that she has uh, family members who have roots in five different countries. Russia, Ukraine, Moldova, Romania, and Slovakia. And there are members of each one of those family origins who have been killed by Russian soldiers over the years, over several generations. Imagine that, people from five different countries, all of whom have a family member they have lost to Russian aggression. And so the determination that she feels to protect Ukraine and help Ukraine win the fight that it's in is off the charts. There's another 
Ukrainian that we've been working with at Spirit of America since 2015. His name is Ruslan. Ruslan, before the war, was running Ukraine's first Holocaust Museum and Memorial, the Babanyar Memorial. It's a very famous memorial. Yeah, it, it is. And, and it's, uh, it did tremendous work there. After the war began, he set up a training center to train the civilian volunteers who were volunteering to be part of Ukraine's territorial defense forces, essentially civilian uh, reserve forces to help defend the country. And you know, in between those two things, the, the beginning of the war and when I learned about his work at the training center, I had emailed him, Ruslan, how are you doing? What can we do to help? And my question about helping was, I assumed it was about helping his family in a terrible situation. He sent back a, a note saying that he had started this training center and he sent a list of things that they needed about an arm long to help defend the country. And so we provided those things, you know, communications gear, helmets, the bulletproof vests, medical supplies, you know, and, and so on. Boots and uniforms in some cases for, for people who really had nothing proper to, to wear. So what we're doing, and that's just one example of what Spirit of America is doing to help Ukrainians win the fight, which is to deliver exactly what is needed quickly and at the point of need with, I'll say, unprecedented speed. How do you get it in there so fast? Well, this is where our collaboration with the U.S. military is, is one of the areas that it's so important. And you mentioned that we have the agreement with the Department of Defense to work alongside U.S. military anywhere in the world to provide private assistance in support of what our military is trying to accomplish. In the case of Ukraine, our military is trying to help the Ukrainians, both conventional forces, special operations forces across the board, help them win the fight. So that's what Spirit America is doing, working with our troops. And there are a couple of uh, things that are happening. One is that U.S. military personnel are in communication with their Ukrainian counterparts. Their Ukrainian counterparts are saying, here are the things that we need. And we're meeting those needs with Spirit America's privately funded assistance. The other thing that the agreement with the department allows for is for U.S. military personnel to receive and distribute assistance that is provided by Spirit of America. So in terms of the transit of uh, receipt and transit of our aid and assistance into Ukraine, the, the military is very helpful with that as well. You mentioned Kevlar vests, helmets. How do you actually get it from the United States there? Is, is the military helping with logistical support? Are you chartering private planes to fly it over? What's the nitty gritty of this? Spirit America, we are chartering dedicated cargo planes so that the assistance we're providing can get into theater as quickly as possible. And once you learn about the logistics and complexities involved with moving goods internationally, a dedicated cargo plane equates to maximum speed to getting the assistance to where it needs to go. And I'll, I'll give an example. We had a charter flight. This was our second that left the United States on Tuesday, March 29th. And that plane carried 33 tons of non-lethal assistance. And so about eight tons of that assistance were in Ukraine in the hands of the end users 36 hours later. And I'm pretty sure that FedEx couldn't beat that, just going from uh, L.A. to New York, for example. It's amazing. Well, what are some of the things that you're looking to do going forward? I know that there was a very uh, special situation where someone you happen to be engaged to was sitting on an airplane and met a CEO who really wanted to help out in Ukraine. Tell me that story. Yes, my uh, <laughs> uh, beloved fiance, Sarah, 
on a flight that she was taking uh, domestically, sat next to the chief executive at a company called Metafast. And uh, Sarah is a tremendous advocate for Spirit of America and a, a you know, tremendous booster uh, for the team. And the result of that chance conversation was that Metafast is donating basically meals in a food bar, which they provide, I think 8 million of those bars that are going to be extraordinarily helpful to those on the front lines in Ukraine. And the retail value of those food bars is around $24 million. So uh, Sarah did us all, well, not just Spirit of America, but most importantly, the Ukrainians who were fighting, you know, in a life and literal life and death struggle, they're going to be able to be more effective and survive as a result of that work. And it's especially important as food is becoming more scarce. Yes, uh, 100%. And, you know, the, the, the things on the front lines, you know, Russia is, as we've seen, bombing and shelling cities, cities and just essentially flattening them. And so the infrastructure, including food sources in places like Mariupol, even Dnipro in the Donbass, just are not what they used to be, of course. So having a fast uh, and, and ready source of sustenance is, is key to the Ukrainians on the front lines. Jim, how can ordinary Americans contribute to Spirit of America to help this mission move forward and help the Ukrainian people in this horrible situation they're, they're in with Russia invading them and bombing them? How can people help? If any American who wants to save lives and help Ukraine win, Spirit of America offers you the best option to have an impact. And people can come to our website at spiritofamerica.org and make a financial gift, make a donation. For example, about $385 will buy a ballistic helmet. About $900 will buy a level four body armor, the so-called bulletproof vest. About $142 buys a mill-grade individual first aid kit for a Ukrainian soldier or civilian volunteer. And that money, 100% of it, goes to buy exactly what is needed and get it in the hands of the Ukrainians who are in the the life and death struggle, both individually and for freedom in Ukraine. Jim, since you've been in Ukraine and seen, you know, what's going on, you've worked with the people there, what do you think their level of morale is? and, And what did you come away with when you were just there last week? The determination of Ukrainians across the board that I have met is very inspirational. And at the same time, they say that they're not going, there's nothing that's going to happen that would ever have them give up this fight for their country. They also acknowledge they need help. And they do need help. They're they're up against a country which is uh, much larger, much well-resourced, and is perpetrating evil unlike anything we've seen since World War II. And the thing... I think it's important for us as Americans, you know, it's easy to get into the spectator mode. You know, we watch TV, we read the news, we say, oh my, that is horrible. And it it is horrible. But it's essential that Americans get off the sidelines as spectators and, you know, independent observers of what's happening and do the things that can actually make a difference to help Ukraine win not only its fight, because Ukraine's fight for freedom and democracy is our fight for freedom and democracy. We're just not on the front lines of it here in the United States. So people 
really need to consider not just being a spectator, but a, a participant. Ukraine needs our help to win that fight. And we need to do our part as Americans. You know, Andrew, my uh, dear late father served in World War II. He was in the Navy. He was a CB. And, you know, he did his part. He didn't win medals. He wasn't uh, you know, viewed as a hero. He just did his part. And the whole country did its part. You know, people from, uh, you know, who served in the military, of course, people grew victory gardens, collected scrap metal, whatever it might be. But they did their part. And because they did their part, we will always call them and think of them as the greatest generation. And now in this moment, maybe we can be great too by doing our part to help defend the ideals which America was founded upon. Jim, Spirit of America is certainly working towards that end. My friend, thank you for coming on Truth of the Matter today and helping us better understand what your organization does and how Americans can think of innovative ways of helping the Ukrainians. You sure are. Jim, I want to thank you for everything. Andrew, it's a pleasure. And the work that you all do at CSIS informs the work that we do at Spirit of America, not only in Ukraine, but in Southeast Asia, uh, the Middle East, across the board. So we admire the work that you all do at CSIS. We'll have you back on the program soon to get an update on what's going on in Ukraine and elsewhere with Spirit of America. Jim, thanks again. Thank you, Andrew. A pleasure. If you enjoyed this podcast, check out our larger suite of CSIS podcasts from Into Africa, The Asia Chessboard, China Power, AIDS 2020, The Trade Guys, Smart Women, Smart Power, and more. You can listen to them all on major streaming platforms like iTunes and Spotify. Visit csis.org slash podcasts to see our full catalog 